Yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talking sports. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up on a special Thursday edition. So give us a call. Let's have some fun talking sports. 718-664-9098. Like always, your emails, today at gmail.com. The website, rayandtaytoday.com. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes. Instagram, we're everywhere. Special show, you know, obviously NFL uh, Week 15, some college hoops, a couple of college bowl games, but we're going to get into it with a guest, Anthony Donahue, talking New York Knicks basketball off that 107-102 big win last night. That should be fun. He's uh, with ESPN New York, SNY, and obviously the Knicks blog talk with the Anthony Donahue show. Ray, how great... Even though in a, in a friendly loss, I guess, to China, how great was the Abby Wambach career for women's soccer and, and, and what she did? And How do you put her in history? Probably the best women's soccer player? Yeah, when Mia Hamm calls you the GOAT, then you're the GOAT. Yeah, you know I know. Because like Mia, Mia Hamm, Hamm gave for it to a minute her. was the GOAT. But I think the numbers speak for themselves. She had something like, I don't look this up because somebody tweeted it as a hashtag, Something like 108 goals in 60 some odd games. Oh yeah, she's the all-time leader. It, yeah. It's unbelievable. Abby Wambach. What, what's sad though is she's 35 <laughs> and retiring. You know what I mean? It's like, right, right. <laughs> she, well, she got her party over. on last night in New Orleans. So good, good for, for them. Her. Good for her. Yeah, yeah. but but it's, she is really is with the anchor of those teams. She won. The gold medal in uh, not the gold medal, sorry, but the uh, you know World Cup, Women's World Cup in '04 and '12. They had that weird situation in '08 where they you know just kind of gave it up, but they made up for it in 2012 yeah. with that five nothing victory over Japan. So yeah, Abby Wambach, she's the goat. She's the best <clears throat> female soccer player we've probably ever seen, and uh, goes down it goes down in history as you know. I gotta say, transcendent. You know, two uh, two World Cups is, is is a big deal. Oh, definitely. And the Olympics. I mean, yeah, she's she's amazing, and I, and I just think it's great role model for young women and men. And I, I just you know wanted to give her her just do and salute her. And before we get to the NBA, little little bit of baseball, we gotta talk, man. Some hot stove. Obviously, the three way trade. The Dodgers. Uh, and the what Reds get basically minor leaguers, and then the White Sox get Todd Frazier. How how good is that? I guess how good is he outside of Cincinnati? I think he might actually be better. And then do you like him in, in the White Sox lineup and stadium? I love him in the White Sox lineup. They have young studs in that lineup offensively. Um, he was in a very hitter-friendly ballpark in Cincinnati. So who knows if he'll be able to replicate that on the south side of Chicago. But <laughs> I will say this: the the the, uh, the Reds are blowing it up, right? They, they're letting go of Aldis Chapman. They let go, you know, afraid if someone will take him. <laughs> they're st- right. If someone will take him, yeah, exactly. He, he needs to clear up his off the field issues. But clearly, they are moving towards. They probably look up in their division and they see. You know, Pittsburgh and Chicago and, of course, St. Louis, and they're thinking to themselves, we got to do something. we got to change it up. Milwaukee, who knows about them? But but the other three are on, are, are on a roll. So they got to do their thing. And Chicago's another team that, you know, they're huffing and puffing and huffing and puffing, and you got to think that that AL Central is for the taking. So go for it, Chicago White Sox. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, you know, so many different moves. And then – the veteran, 42 or 52, <laughs> Cologne, <laughs> Bartolo Cologne, stays, re-signs with the Mets, maybe a fifth starter. 
you know, maybe middle and long relief, who knows, but just a clutch pitcher for them and for so many teams over the years. And, um, you know, the Mets, you know, keep in the arms race, the Mets have a plethora of arms. So you you can't, and like you said off air for $7 million, you can't beat that price. No, and he's shown that he's versatile and he can contribute. He's an Iron Man and he can contribute in many ways. Uh, like you said, starter. He could be a long reliever. He could be a spot starter. Uh, but this guy just gives you innings, and he's an innings eater. And with a with a young, talented rotation who probably are still to some degree on an innings count and a pitch count, that, to have a Bartolo Colon on your roster is is a huge luxury. Yeah, no, I, I think that you can't uh... – you can't beat that, man. Are you thinking that there's going to be any big signings before Christmas in terms of you, uh, Cespedes or You know, I'm surprised Cespedes Murphy? doesn't want a team. He must be asking for a lot of money because we saw what he could do. We also know his drawbacks, and we know what people don't like about Cespedes. But to me, you have enough data points to sign him. So... I'm surprised he's not being signed. Daniel Murphy's another story. I think he had a nice run in the playoffs, but ultimately people see him for the same reasons the Mets ended up getting Neil Walker instead of him. So I think we have our caller. Yeah. Let's punch him in. Hey, is this Anthony? This is Anthony. What's up, guys? Hey, how you doing? Welcome to Ray and Tate today. It's been a very busy day around the city today for me, so I'm driving home right now. All right, well, drive right. safely, man. That's first and foremost. Yeah, drive, drive, drive safely. We know how passionate you get when you start talking about the Knicks, Anthony, so you definitely yeah, be well, easy luckily, on the wheels. Huh? Well, luckily you caught me when they're on a two-game winning streak, so I take what I can There get. you go. There you go. Well, listen, before we jump in and hit the NBA hard with the Knicks, I got to give you some props and ask you a little hip-hop question. We're big on pop culture and obviously the hip-hop music over here on Ray and Tay, and – I go to put in Jadakiss' new album, Top 5, Dead or Alive, and who do I hear? The original Anthony Rice Balls Donahue on a fresh, funky, fresh skit. Tell me, how did you, I mean, we know you've had Jada on the show, but did you go to the studio with him? How did this all work out, and, 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 and how much fun was it? Kiss and I have become close friends over the years. I go to the studio quite a bit just to hang with him. And it was, you know, okay. a few months ago, and I was actually picking my sister up at school. And uh, I, get a, I get a call from Kiss, and he's like, Aunt, I need you at the studio. And I was like, what do you, you know, he, he calls me to invite me over. I was like, what do you need me for? He's like, I need you on an album. He's like, I'm like, and I started laughing. I'm like, what do you need me for on an album? I'm like, dude, I can't rap. He's like, just shut up and get to the studio. <laughs> so I get, I get to the studio, and sure enough, you know, I found out what they wanted, you know, and uh, we did the skit. I wrote it. He basically told me the idea and the concept, and so uh-huh. it, was, it went well. That was it. That's, uh, that's, that's a great story. That's dope. So then I got to put you on the spot before Ray jumps in with the Knicks. Give me your top five <laughs> MCs, well, you I'm know, all saying, time, dead or alive. Yeah, sure. So I'm, I'm not saying these are the top five best hip-hop artist of all time, but I'm going to say these are probably my favorite hip-hop artists of all time. Okay, you're, you're, you're top Nas, five favorite. That's, that's fair. Nas, Jadakiss, Jay-Z, uh, probably Biggie, and Eminem. And then as far as new guys, I'll put J. Cole in there. There you go. Love J. Right. Cole. You know, I, I listen, I can't be mad at that. You know, for me, if I was just going pure lyrics, you know, I'm old school, so I got to go with, you know, KRS-One, Rakim, Nas, probably Jay-Z and Biggie. But Jada Kiss, to me, he's in my top five just illest spitters. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if that's the category, yeah. Ill, you know, because he just, Jada's got that ill, you know, just that flavor. And I throw in Jada, Farrell Monch, Most Deaf, Black Thought and the Jizza. How about that? Just ill spitters. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> not bad. I, feel you like, know? I feel like even though he's not one of the best of all time, 
I got to have Method Man there, not because he's one of the best, oh. he's, just one of my, he's just one of my favorites. I just laugh. You could put the whole Wu-Tang Clan in there. They all had their own little, you know, style to them. Right, exactly. Yeah, so let me ask you about, about, speaking of hip-hop, and somebody that's been adopted by the hip-hop community is our boy, Christos Porzingis. He met up with Carl Anthony Towns, probably the two, you know, standout rookies this year. So what do you think of our boy Porzingis, and can he win Rookie of the Year this year? I mean, he definitely can. Obviously, Carl, Carl Anthony Towns, the young rookie from the Minnesota Timberwolves, from New Jersey, New Jersey out of Kentucky, has a very good chance to win as well. But Porzingis so far has been great. I mean, he didn't have a great scoring last scoring night last night with only 11 points, but he still managed to have six rebounds and seven blocks. And the thing about Porzingis that really shocks me and I think shocks everybody else is his ability to defend, and not only to defend, but to defend the basket and protect the rim. The Knicks Locking haven't had a guy to protect the rim like that. I know Ty Chandler was here, but the Knicks really haven't had a rim protector like this really since Patrick Ewing and Marcus Camby. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I would have six or seven Chris blocks last Porzingis. night. Yeah. That's why eventually Chris Dapps Porzingis should be playing the center position. If not starting there, playing the center position out when Robin Lopez is not in the basketball game. That's a nice small smaller lineup. So speaking it's not really of, small, I mean, he's, he's seven foot three. And he no, no, I'm saying smaller meaning. No, no, smaller yeah, meaning ways, he slides somebody else at the four. You put him, right. you, know, you yeah, put well, him you at play, the five. What you do right you, there is you play Porzingis at five and Melo at the four, and that really right. stretches out the offense a lot and makes it a lot tougher for teams to cover the Knicks. Exactly. Speaking of my man, my Melo, he continues to get healthy. And you know what? He is becoming more and more versatile in the way he contributes to Knicks wins. So what do you think about his performance this year, his maturity every year since he's been a Knick, and also their chances to make the playoffs? I mean, the Knicks have a good chance to make the playoffs. Right now they're sitting at 12 and 14, so still very, very early in the season. But you have to make sure if you want to make the playoffs, which obviously the Knicks do, and so does their fan base, you have to make sure you win games like tomorrow night in Philadelphia. The Bulls are a good team, but you must beat them Saturday at home. You got to beat Orlando Monday at home. You have to make sure you win. You know you're going to win some games. You're going to lose some games. You're supposed to win. You're going to win some games. You're supposed to lose. But games like tomorrow night, Saturday night, and Monday night, I feel those are games the Knicks must win, especially if they want to be playing in the springtime at Madison Square Garden in front of a packed house. A packed house of screaming fans going nuts for the playoffs. We haven't had a lot of playoff basketball <laughs> in the last 15 years, and it's driving me nuts. Yes. So you you you're calling for a five game win streak. I love that, and I'm I'm feeling it, and I and I love it. So let me ask you this, and, and be honest. Who right now? Who's your favorite Nick player coming off the bench for the team, and and, and really, and why? Uh, I mean, that's a tough question because you know, from you know, Langston Galloway has become a friend of mine. Uh, but I yeah. like what he's done the last two weeks. He hasn't played very well. He played well last night. He had about six assists, uh, 12, 13 points. Shot the ball well at that big hustle play at the end to help win the game. And the Knicks almost choked, actually, last night at the Garden. But I really love what uh. Galloway's doing, even though, like I said, he has, hasn't really shot the basketball well the last two or three weeks. But, you know, I think he'll get back on track. So I'd have to go with Langston Galloway. And he's a great guy. I'm having my third annual toy drive tomorrow. And Langston was nice enough to don- donate a pair of game-used Autograph sneakers for the toy drive. So, Lang- you know, that's besides, awesome. he's a pretty good basketball player. He's a good guy, too. Langston for the well, children. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good <laughs> that's to hear. Funny. That is really good to hear, and that's awesome. And definitely props to you for your toy drive, and um, we definitely have to help you promote that any way we can. So let me ask you this also. Does this – and I feel like this is where we're headed, but does Phil, does Phil Jackson need to move Calderon and or – and I hate to give up on the young rookie, but Jerry and Grant to yeah. sort of improve our point guard position well, and to, to get a better point guard. Wanna, you always want to improve, especially the fact that you have Carmelo Anthony at the age of 31. He's not getting any younger. I do think he's going to start playing really good. He's played really well the last three games. Um, you know, to get something, you have to give up something. I'm, I don't want to give up on Jerry Grant just yet. I'm not ready to do that. But you've got to get a point guard. And the Knicks have, you know, haven't had really a good point guard in a really long time. You know, what, you know, Stephon Marbury was talented. It just didn't work. Raymond Felton was okay. And Tony Douglas sucked. And, you know, it goes yeah. on for 
So the Knicks need, and I'm not saying they're going to, you know, they're not going to get Chris Pine to weigh to get at least a top 15, 16 point guard in here. If that means giving up, maybe a grant, not that I want to. I mean, the time, yeah. the Knicks are rebuilding, but also the time is now. Because you have a, and I do think Carmelo Anthony is a superstar. I do think he can still play at superstar levels. The time is now. So I don't want to give up on Jaron Grant, but I mean, if you have a chance to get a point guard that can really help. Would you take Brandon now, Jennings? What about Brandon would, Jennings from Detroit with Reggie sure. Jackson taking all the minutes? Yeah, I'm not sure Brandon Jennings is the perfect fit, but uh, hell, I'd rather have Brandon Jennings flying up down the court making things happen than Jose Calderon and his, you know, weak-ass pump fake that he pumps and goes nowhere. <laughs> Come on, that's a European pump fake. Don't get on him. Yo, that European <laughs> pump fake don't got it. It, it, He pumps, but he don't go anywhere. Uh, well, the no. defenders don't like go anywhere. That's no problem. Fake. <laughs> he's pumping, but no fake. That's funny. Anthony, let's transition to the Western Conference for a sec. Everybody's talking about the Golden State Warriors because why not? But you know what? The San Antonio Spurs are right behind them. And I still contend that more than any other year, the Western Conference players are just going to be, you know, a, a crapshoot. You know, I, I still think Golden State could possibly lose in the first round. But what do you think about that Western Conference, and do you think that it's Golden State's to lose to come out of that Western Conference? I mean, obviously they won the championship last year. They started off the season with like 25, 24-1 right now. Uh, they're obviously yeah. going to be the favorites going into the playoffs. The Spurs are always there. You can never count out the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, so, I mean, you know, even Dallas with Dirk and, you know, Houston hasn't played well, but they still have Dwight Howard and James Harden. If Dwight Howard, of course, is a member of the Rockets. Right, maybe not time. long. So, <laughs> record-wise, the West hasn't been great this year, but there's still a lot of great teams. And, you know, to me, the top three teams of the Western Conference are standing in no order. San Antonio, Oklahoma City, and, of course, uh, Golden State Warriors rounding out that top three. And, you know, don't sleep on the Clippers either. You know, they haven't had the greatest yeah. this season so far. But they're going to be up there again. Their team, I picked them in the championship last year, and, you know, they really they really choked that series versus the Rockets, especially that game six at home, up almost 20 points in the third quarter, fourth quarter to blow that lead. So the Clippers are a team I wouldn't sleep on just yet. So I think those four teams, the Clippers, the Thunder, the Warriors, and the Spurs, between those four teams to uh, win the Western Conference. They still have the Memphis Grizzlies. They haven't played great yet, but, you know, still got Zach Randolph, Marcus all Mike Conley. You know, Mike Conley's in a contract year. But, um, you know, they're, that, they're still a tough team. So even though a lot of teams in the West don't have great records, you can't dismiss a lot of those squads, though. So playing just off of exactly what you said, I, I kind of want to know where you were and where you're at. So at the beginning of the season on your show, what was your NBA Finals prediction? And if it's changed at all, what, what is it now? My, my Finals prediction was gold, the Golden State Warriors versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I, I kind of have a feeling okay. it's still going to be that. And I, I hope it's the yeah. next, but um, I kind of have a feeling it's going to be that. That's fair. That's de- that's definitely fair, you know. And let me ask you another thing real quick, and before we let you go, and we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, yeah, stuff. no problem, guys. Um, no, no, I, I just want to ask you honestly. A lot of people don't believe the hype, and, and we know that Durant's going to be a free agent, and a bunch of guys are, are opting out and going to be free agents. But – there's rumors of, you know, Kevin Durant to the Wizards going back home to the Lakers to re, you know, build up the Lakers because Kobe's retiring, or maybe to the Rockets to play with Harden and Howard. But with the roster that Phil built, a, a nice bench, and like I said, they probably need a better point guard, but the development of Porzingis, Melo getting healthier, uh, Aaron Afalo, who was like, you know, 13 a game, unsung hero, and Robin Lopez, do you think we finally – have enough to lure a Kevin Durant or a big top five free agent this summer? Uh, yes, the Knicks are top five dead or alive to get a free agent this year. No, I, I think there's <laughs> no doubt. I'm not saying it's going to be Kevin Durant. I'll tell you this, like Kevin Durant, I've spoke to people in Kevin Durant's circle directly in his circle, and they've said, you know, most likely he's going to fin- stay with Oklahoma City, but the Knicks are in the conversation. I can tell you that right now. Oh, the Knicks have the pieces you. You have Carmelo Anthony, you have Christophe Porzingis. The Knicks have the pieces. They're going to get somebody. I don't know who it's going to be, but they definitely have the pieces to sell to a free agent. I can tell you that right now. I think so, too. I, I definitely do. I definitely do. So Christmas Day, no Knicks. 
what, what's the game to watch? Is it, is it Cavs, Warriors? Will Kyrie play? What, 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 what are you thinking? Because I know he's not playing well, tonight. Without, he's without been practicing. Without, yeah, I'm a little sad there's no Knicks on Christmas, but I guess I won't be stressed I know. out or, heart, or, or heartbroken. <laughs> that, that said, I'll go with the Cavs versus the Warriors. That's going to be a – I hope it's going to be a spectacular game. Yeah, we hope Kyrie's back because you always want to see these teams play at full strength. You know, the, right, the finals no are not at full strength, and you want to see this, you know, mano a mano, your best five against my best five. Let's go. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. So, Ant, before you go, just tell us where and when is your toy drive, and, you know, even if we are too late to jump in this year, maybe we can find a way to jump in to assist you next season. So tell our audience and our fans. No problem. My third annual toy drive is tomorrow night at the Chester. Very nice place in the meatpacking district, uh, 13th Street and 9th Avenue. It's also a viewing party for the Knicks Sixers game. So come down, watch the Knicks game, bring a brand new toy, have some fun, pop some prizes on hand for people that show up. Everybody, um, all the toys donated will go to the New New York Presbyterian Children's Hospital, well, my little sister did all her brain cancer treatment, who is now cancer-free, thank God. And, uh, yeah, it's basically yeah. someone have a good time. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I always follow your updates on your sister, man, and I'm just – I'm always praying and rooting for her, and I'm glad she's doing well. So that's, that's good stuff. Thank you. I appreciate that's that a good lot. stuff. All right, man, listen, we appreciate it. Let's go Knicks. I, you know, last night, I know we almost gave it up, but, you know – as exciting as it is to watch Minnesota, I feel like it's exciting to watch the – yeah, no, it's exciting to watch us too. Like the Knicks are exciting again. And I I go back and forth sometimes. I have to yell at Edgar and Preston and be like, you know what, just keep the faith and stay positive. The Knicks are going to be all right. (laughs) Hey, that's all you can do, man. You can't be worse than 17 wins. We're on the upswing. Hey, we're on our way. We're on our way. So thanks for joining us, man. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And uh, we'll talk to you in 2016, man. My pleasure, guys. Thanks, Have a good, good luck one. tomorrow. You bet. Take care. Bye. That was awesome. Anthony Donahue from SNY, ESPN New York. He's on uh, Saturdays at 98.7 talking hoops and Knicks. And, of course, Anthony Donahue's show on the Knicks Blog Talk Radio and Blog Talk Radio. He's official. He always gives us the insight. We love it. Ray, it's time. We talked our NBA. feel good, right? I feel like we're set now. This is the official start of our NBA talk on the show. Anthony set us off lovely. And now we get into week 15. Can, are you, can you believe it? Are you, are, are you sad that it's week 15, Ray? I am, actually, because the playoffs are great, but this means that the end is in sight. I mean, and if your team isn't in the playoffs, that means uh, in two weeks you're done. In two weeks, you're, football's you're, over for you. Yeah, Fantasy's if you're the Chargers. In the semis. <laughs> yeah, they might not even be uh, in the city next year. Oh, uh, listen, listen. It's it's really rough. It's really rough. So let's, let's blast it off. You are now listening to the NFL Talk. I know Monday night we both predicted the Thursday game for Tampa to spoil the potentially the last home game in St. Louis, although there's a proposal, so I think the Rams might stay. Chargers and Raiders don't have any proposals, so I think they're probably going to be going. So we both picked Tampa. Let's start with Saturday. This is, for those who don't Saturday. know, this is the matchup of Ray's favorite two teams, the New York Jets, the sixth seed currently in AFC are at the Dallas Cowboys, who actually are still alive for the NFC East at four and nine, which is crazy. Break it down for me, man. I'm gonna let you knock it out first. What do you think about this game? So the Cowboys are struggling, and they have had. You know what? Their defense has actually played okay, given the fact that their offense hasn't really done anything to keep them off the field. Hasn't done anything in time of possession, hasn't really put up points. They put a lot of pressure on that defense, and that defense usually plays well for about three quarters, three and a half quarters, and then hits the wall in the fourth. So I'm predicting something very similar this week. 
I think the Jets have found a nice little rhythm there with Chris Ivory, Blau, Powell, running the ball. But more importantly, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker are just matriculating the ball down the field. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzy, cutting down on his turnovers. I think the Jets balance with the defense and the offense just too much for the Cowboys. The Cowboys just don't have enough juice. If the Jets score 24 or more, the, the Cowboys have no chance. So I'll take the Jets 24-20. Fantasy stud? I'll say just like last week, Brandon Marshall. I think uh, they just can't handle him. He's too big, too strong. I'll go for eight for 110 and two touchdowns. Yeah, you pretty much said it. Um, I don't think Dallas can score that much. The Jets' defense is actually pretty good, and it travels. Castle's a mess. Um, maybe we see Revis Bryant. We'll see. But, you know, he can't even get Bryant the ball. And I think Chris, Chris Ivory is my fantasy study. He has a big game. I think he, he gets about 103 and a touchdown. And I think the Jets, uh, oof, they put it on them 26-13. Jets over the Cowboys to get to 9-5. and five. Well, let's stick with New York. The undefeated Carolina Panthers are going to the New York football giants who are tied, three-way tie for first place in the NFC East. Do the Panthers stay undefeated, Ray, or does Eli and Odell have a trick up their sleeve? You know what? I look at this Carolina Panther team, and I say to myself, self who on this team <laughs> can beat you? And you know Cam Newton can beat you. And you know Greg Olson at one point was, you know, a stud tight end. And now he's a very good tight end. But I have a feeling that this Giants team is going to pull an upset. And they're going to take Woo! down the Carolina Panthers. It's at home. It's 1 for o'clock. It. It's the Meadowlands. And I'm going to say that when he's on, in the fourth quarter, there's nobody like the Book of Eli. And mm. this is going to be a great matchup with Odell Beckham oh, yes. as the premier yes, wide Norman. receiver and Norman as yep. maybe the premier cornerback in the NFL. So watch that matchup. So I actually think that they'll neutralize each other. And the Giants have to get a performance from somebody, whether it's Rashad Jennings, whether it's Vereen, whether it's Randall. they got to get somebody. But I do think that the Giants will find a way to keep the game close, and Eli drives them down, and the Giants win in a close, tight matchup, 23-21 New York football Giants. Wow. And I'm a Jet fan. Okay. You're calling for it. I'm not mad at you. And your fantasy guy, is it Eli? My fantasy guy is going to be Ruben Randall, who's going to get oh single teamed and <laughs> he'll get some easy up the middle. I mean, he he can do it. He just needs to remember yeah. back when he was a stud at LSU and, and – you know what? They're going to find him. I think he'll get sort of okay. like that slot receiver tight end type stats. Give him six catches for 99 yards and a touchdown. It's possible there's no peanut. Peanut Tillman, I think, is out again. Well, I disagree. I'll say it quick. I, I think the Panthers go to 14-0. This is the one game, though, that could mess them up from running the table because I think their next two are like Tampa and Atlanta, so I don't yeah. think uh, you know they're, they're going to run the table if they win this one. And I actually think they will. Now, no Jonathan Stewart, so we're, we're going on um, Cam, Cameron Payne, your boy from Auburn, Cameron and Fozzie Whitaker. Yeah, Cameron Artis Payne, so we'll see how that works. No relation to Big Daddy. Kane, but I think the Panthers hold on. It's going to be close. I say it's 24-21. And I'll just say, at the end of the day, he throws for two and runs for one. His name is Cameron Jarrell Newton. Jarrell! Yeah. So, well, let's talk about this game because it does matter for playoffs. The Falcons, who keep losing, 
Their only shot is to run the table and wind up nine and seven at the Jaguars, who are still alive for their division. And it helps them in some sense that the Texans and Colts play each other because one of those teams will lose and they can maybe move up to get to six and eight. I'm going to jump at this first. I think Jacksonville and also to quote Ray, Atlanta is done and been done and will continue to lose and it will happen again. I think Bortles might be the hottest young quarterback. I think he should have been the number one pick uh, for Houston a couple years ago over Mack and Clowney. And I think the Jacksonville offense is on fire. They won't put up 51 on Atlanta, but at home, Denard Robinson filling in for Yeldon will get busy. He's actually going to be my fantasy stud with five catches out of the backfield, rush for 80 yards. Maybe he gets a touchdown or two. But I say Jacksonville puts it on Atlanta. Uh, I'll just say 30 to 20. 30 to 20, Jaguars beat the Falcons. Denard Robinson, maybe. Oh, Denard Robinson. Okay. Denard Robinson, yes. I like Jacksonville. I hated Atlanta ever since they were 5 and 1. I like Allen Robinson. I think he'll have a big game. I think he'll go for 120 and two touchdowns. Jacksonville wins. Similar score. I'll say uh, 33 20. Wow. All right. Same AFC South. This is for first place. Houston at Indianapolis. Look, I mean, Hasselback came back to practice, so hopefully he'll get the start because Charlie Whitehurst is just not the answer either. I think at the end of the day, T.J. Yates won't be enough to get it to Hopkins. Hopkins has never scored against the Colts, and I think the Colts do enough with a little bit of Bradshaw and Gore to pull this game out. I think it's going to be a weird, maybe a little bit of an ugly game. So I'm going to give you a weird one. The Colts actually win this 17-16 over the Texans. And the fantasy guy, um, I'll say it'll be Moncrief. He gets one touchdown, maybe six catches for 80 yards. I've been saying all along that the Indianapolis Colts are going to win, they're going to win, they're going to win. But you know what? I'm tired of the Colts. They're not doing me any favors. They're making me look bad. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. I'm going to say that they're going to win a low-scoring game. And my man, T.J. Yates, has won some big games before, playoff games no less. So I'm going to say T.J. Yates drives them, but my fantasy stud is Alfred Busy Blue. He's going to get busy and give the Colts the blues. And he's going to run for 110 yards, and he'll have a touchdown receiving and a touchdown rushing. And the Texans win a close game, I'll say 20-16. to 16. Buffalo at Washington. Both these teams are fighting for their playoff lives. Obviously, the Redskins, their last, I think this is their last home game. The Buffalo Bills, they've got a rough road ahead of them in terms of, I think, schedule-wise. But they do play the Jets. Um, I forgot their other game. Maybe it's Miami. But they need to win this game on the road. But the Redskins play well at home. And I, I it's weird. Buffalo has really underachieved. And i got to tell you, I'm starting to believe in the Redskins. I think Kirk Cousins, he does enough. And I don't think the Bills are going to stop Jordan Reed. Maybe Garcon shows up. But I think Gordon... Uh, Jordan Reed gives you eight for about 97 and and a touchdown or two. And I think this could get a little scoring because my play cousin Tyrod Taylor can do things. So could Shady and Sammy. But I think the Redskins pull it out 31-27 over the Bills. And I'm going with Jordan Reed as the fantasy stud. I'll give him two touchdowns, eight for 96. If I was in my fantasy leagues, I'd be very happy with Jordan Reed because I got him. (laughs) However, I got him too, and I don't have him. Oh, I'm done. I will uh, say that the Buffalo Bills on paper are more talented on both sides of the ball. And I believe that they're going to take care of business today. Oh, sorry, on uh, Sunday. Mm. When you have a healthy, relatively healthy, you're never totally healthy in the NFL, but when you have a relatively healthy LaShawn McCoy and Sammy Watkins, and Tyrod Taylor. Even if you're on the road, you have a decent shot to win. So I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills 
finally play the game that Rex Ryan and the coaching staff has been hoping that they would get out of them, and the Buffalo win wins pretty easily. I think Washington takes a step back in their playoff run. They lose 30-17, to 17, Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Soldier. LaShawn McCoy, the best player on the field, has three touchdowns, two rushing and one receiving. I'm not mad at that. So let's talk about the Packers. Going to the Oakland Raiders, and this is their last, uh, or they might have one more home game next Thursday, but they're coming to the end maybe in Oakland. This is all sad, but we'll we'll see how it plays out. But Green Bay at Oakland, you know, you would just say the Packers, but I, I don't like the way the Packers have been playing. I, I hate to say it, but I'm going with the upset and the Oakland Raiders at home shock the world with their defense. Murray gets running on the Packers. Cooper and Crabtree and Seth Roberts. Yes, I said it. Seth Roberts get touchdowns, and the Raiders win what we might call a shootout, 30-27. to 27. Janikowski, good. Raiders beat the Packers. The fantasy stud is Derek Carr. Three touchdowns, 300 yards. Let's do it. Shock the world. Look, I don't know if it would be that shocking, but it would be an upset for sure. I'm going to tell you that the best thing to happen to the Green Bay Packers was that Eddie Lacy woke up and started to remember that he was a stud at Alabama. Khalil Mack's going to knock the snot out of him. (laughs) Oh, no. So here's the thing. Even if he doesn't run the ball that well, he and James Starks, as a decoy at least, help free up these Green Bay receivers who have underachieved all year. And you know who else has been underachieving last couple weeks? The Oakland Raiders receivers. Um, Amari Cooper and your boy Crabtree. Robert's been playing well, but Mm -hmm. Cooper and Crabtree now have kind of slowed down. So I like Green Bay, even though they've had problems offensively. I think this will be a low-scoring game, low-ish. And I like the Green Bay Packers in a weird score, 22-19. to I'm going to say that Aaron Rodgers, not a big surprise here, spreads the ball out, throws for 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and Green Bay wins the game. He spreads the love. Where is the love? Yes, and right, they go so 10-4. This, this is the game. Brock Osweiler is coming to Pittsburgh. Heinz Field is so ready because this is the step of our playoff run and to knock off a team that we could potentially play in the playoffs. The Broncos are kind of hurting. C.J. Anderson probably will play this week. He was an active uh, you know, non-playing person last week. I don't think Brock is getting the ball to Sanders. I think we can double-team Bebe and Demarius Thomas, and I don't think as good as the Broncos' defense is, our O-line is pretty good. D'Angelo Brown Sugar's running, and they cannot stop Bryant, Brown, and Wheaton. And he's healthy Heath Miller. The Steelers win this game 31-20 over the Broncos. My fantasy stud is Ben Roethlisberger, 340, three touchdowns. Yeah, baby. The only thing going for the Broncos is that they have a wonderful secondary and a great defense. So you would think that that would be a good thing heading into Pittsburgh where you guys have just been unbelievable offensively. However... In order for a good defense to be really good and effective, I think they they have to be on the field 30 minutes, 32, 33 minutes a game. I don't know that they can be on the field 40 minutes or 35, 40 minutes. And even though you guys are quick strike offense, I just feel like Denver won't be able to keep the ball out of your hands for the Steelers' sake. That's a great thing. And I think the Steelers actually put up a lot of points on this Good defense, but they'll just be on the field the whole time. I think Brock Osweiler, the book is out on him. That's why I think Eli Manning needs to come back and take this team to the playoffs. I think Pittsburgh Hurry up, Eli. Yeah. 
I think he look I think Pittsburgh wins pretty easily. I think they win thirty one sixteen. Fantasy stud Ooh. Antonio Tony 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 has done it again. Eight for one twenty five <laughs> and two touchdowns. He he's really the man. It's it's him, Odell and Julio. Those three are unstoppable. Sunday night football, big game. It, it it's a cardinal against an eagle. I think an eagle will win that fight, but this one, I'm just not sure. I, I don't believe their recent success. I, I, I predicted them to play the Steelers in the Super Bowl, so I would think that I'd pick this game to win. I think they'll win the next two against the Redskins and Giants, though. But I think Arizona, they smell it. They smell clinching the division. They're in the playoffs. They didn't like how they played last week. And I think they're getting ready because they know they have a tough game where the Packers come out to Arizona. So they go to Philly. They get a win. They outscore the Eagles. And I think the player of the game is just going to be Carson Palmer. Now, he, I don't think he'll turn it over. He'll get three touchdowns. And I think they're going to win this one 27-20. Don't be surprised if DeMarco Murray actually gets some carries in this game to keep that uh, Arizona team off balance a little. But I'm, I'm going with Carson and Arizona over the Eagles. I can't disagree with anything you said. Can I just give you a couple of stats? Carson Palmer, with three weeks to go, <sighs> has 4,000 yards already. And by the way, L. Fizzle, a.k.a. Larry Fitzgerald, has 96 uh, catches and 1,088 yards already with three games to go. He's doing hip-hop. So he could Pro go for 120, 130 catches. If they Pro play Bowl. him week 17, actually, they might not play him in their 16th game in week 17. So I think Philly is smoke and mirrors. I thought Chip Kelly would get fired at the end of this year. He won a couple games, so he's obviously looking better right now. Winning this game puts him at 7-7, seven and, seven and and in the driver's seat, you know, you figure that, uh, Giants have a tough schedule. They may or may not lose to Carolina. I thought, they, I thought they'll win, but you predicted they'll lose. Uh, I just think this this t- game is too tough. I mean, it's in Philly, so in the link they have a shot, but I don't know. Arizona's just too good, and Philly's just got flaws. I think Arizona wins a pretty easy one. Again, I think they score in the 30s. I think they score 31, and they hold Philly to 18. Got a lot of thirty-one points, man. A lot of yeah, thirty-one. Yeah, man. End players. of the season. End of the season. Play that's four touchdowns well, and a field goal. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you. I got some thirty-ones too. So listen, that's week fifteen. The NFL. Enjoy Tampa and St. Louis tonight. You know the offensive rookies of the year potential battle between Gurley and Winston. But it's time for some college football. There's only really two bowl games that we need to pick. And it's BYU at number 22, Utah, and then Arizona, New Mexico. Give me your thoughts. BYU, Utah, they're in Vegas. They're going crazy, post-hype, pre-hype. This is the holy war. You know, it's, uh, I guess, real Mormons against fake Mormons. I don't know how they they build it, but this is definitely a battle. Definitely a battle. What do you think of this game? Real Mormons against fake Mormons. That's not even right. (laughs) Not even right. So both of these teams are nine and three. I think they're really good. Um, Yeah. We saw that Utah team early in the season look look special. Uh, They came back down to earth a little bit. Kind of injuries though. Yeah. Yeah. And the running backs got hurt, and and you know we saw some injuries on defense, but. I still think that Utah's a little bit better, just a little bit. So in Mormon country, I don't know how this game plays out. Do they just hop on a bus and just roll to Vegas? Uh, but I, I like Utah. I think Utah's just a little bit too tough. Um, they are statistically, BYU's got a crazy, crazy offense. Um, I love I the way think, they play. Remember that I, Michigan I game? They were, yeah. yeah. And the UCLA game, they were tough this year. Yeah, I, I just think Utah, because of playing in the Pac-12, because of that tough schedule, I think they're able to pull out a game. It'll be a close one, but I think they win, I'll say, 24-21. Hmm. Well, I agree with you. I just, uh, real quick, I'll say it might be a little bit more scoring, but I think Utah's defense can, can hold it down. Now, BYU actually has a pretty good defense as well, but um, – I'll go Utah 26-23. 
beating the uh, Brigham Young team. And it's uh, oof, this is definitely going to be an entertaining game for this weekend because there's not that many bowl games. And then the only other one really worth talking about is Arizona, New Mexico. I don't think New Mexico, you know, people know that they actually have a decent team and have some talent. But I just think at the end of the day, that Pac-12 experience, these Pac-12 teams, watch them in the bowl games. I think they're going to do well because all season long they just, you know, whooped up on each other. And I think a lot of them are going to do well in the bowl games. And I think Arizona will kind of just pull away. I think they'll win this one maybe 31 to, to 17. Yeah, you know, as much as I want to disagree with you and shake it up there in Tucson, I, I can't. I mean, Arizona was a little disappointing at 6-6, six and six, finishing fifth in the Pac-12 South. But, like you yeah, said, lucky just to that even be in a ball game, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just that experience, though, of playing in the Pac-12 and going up against everybody they went up against this year. I mean, think about it. They played, they played UCLA, Stanford, Oregon State, you know, uh, USC, Utah. Washington, Washington State, yeah. Yeah, I mean, these are some good, good teams. And I think that they take it out on New Mexico in the bowl game, and I think they win actually pretty easily. Um, you know, they had a funny season since the beginning. They had your boy, uh, the, the linebacker, what's his name, um, Scooby. They had him uh, all banged up in the beginning of the season, and Solomon was supposed to be good, and then he kind of got hurt. And you know, but I I think they pulled it together in the bowl game. I think they went pretty easy. I'll say twenty-seven, seventeen. Bunch of bowl games on Tuesday, but I will say this: we'll probably be on the same time, seven thirty Monday night. So we got to predict this Pitt Navy game. This is actually a very solid bowl game. You know, Navy's 21. Pitt, they had some injuries. Yeah, they're they're eight and four against ten and two. Um, Pitt is going to have time to prepare for Navy in the triple option, but at the end of the day, it's 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 really hard to still face it because the speed of it. And I just happen to think that the guy running it in Keenan Reynolds, fifth in the Heisman. He's not just a regular option quarterback running it. He's he's kind of special, and I think Pitt will they'll they'll hold him a little bit, but I think at the end of the day, Navy will will win this one. A little bit of a defensive game, I'll say. Um, I'll say twenty four twenty one. Navy holds on to beat Pitt. Now remember, Pitt's got great coaching. They put Aaron Donald and a bunch of other guys in the NFL, so they know how to coach up the defensive line to to play against all types of stuff. But uh, I just think Navy's quarterback is too talented. So 24-21 Navy. I'll go with that. I think Navy will score more. Uh, You're right that Pitt Mm -hmm. has time to prepare. But you know what? I don't even know that you could mimic this in practice. It's so weird and so (laughs) different. And you may not have the athletes on your scout team, on the B team, to do this. So I like Navy. I like Navy big in this game. I think Navy takes care of business. Um, they are scoring 36 a game, Navy, and I think they'll score about that in this bowl game. I'll say 34-23, go Navy. Roger Stallback banging on his chest. Like, what? Listen, you heard Roger was giving ESPN some gripe for not having your boy there and talking, you know, show some respect to the Navy Heisman guy. So I like to see that they stick up for each other. So college hoops, man, it's starting to heat up. I'm I'm starting to get excited. You know, we we got a couple of uh, a good matchups this week out in Brooklyn. You've got UNC and uh, yeah, I'm going and, to that game. I'm going on Saturday. Oh, and UCLA to the Barclays. You are okay, and they have a yeah. double hitter. What's the What's the other game? The second one. <clears throat> it's not quite quite as good as UNC UCLA, but it's it's going to be a good one. I don't remember. No, who, it's who oh else god, it's a good game. I, uh, hold on, I'll pull it up on the schedule. Is it Ohio but, State? Uh, it's Ohio State. Yes. Yeah, Ohio State, State is Kentucky. one, and then it's. Kentucky, yes. Kentucky. Ohio State, Kentucky. Yes, yeah, so that is a good Yeah, 3.30, I see it now. Okay, so that's going to be good, but I just think Kentucky, you know, it's not the same Ohio State team over the last couple of years. Um, so that that should be fun. I, I would I would say, to me, you got to watch out for UCLA. And I've been telling you about this team. They finally got ranked. They're, they're 22. North Carolina won. They beat Tulane. They're 11. UCLA is 22. I'll go with North Carolina. I just think they're going to build up some momentum, but don't be surprised if UCLA takes them down to the wire on that one. Are you North going with our Carolina. Tar Heels? Or? 
You know what? Paige. It's all about Paige, baby. It's all, yeah, it's all about Paige and Johnson and, and uh, Meeks oh, is hurt. You saw he had his career he high. Uh, Bryce Johnson had his career high. I saw like that. I saw that. That's and nice. I think and I think that North Carolina has talent. Um, and if they play a little bit of defense, you know me and Roy, we we, we don't see eye to eye on defense. You know what I mean? He, he doesn't get his boys to play that D consistently. I'm ready for him um, to retire like Bo Ryan. It's that time. No, just uh, well, first of all, we didn't we didn't give Bo Ryan his props because he retired mid. Seasons. I, I don't like that. You know, I don't Jeff like Van that. Gundy I don't did like it. A few either. other people did. I, don't I can't like believe. But now, he, now, it's because no he's a control freak. Him. He wanted to put his guy in place. That's all. Well, so did so did what's his name? Um, our boy Jim Calhoun. Dean he Smith. put Kevin Ollie in place. Yeah, and Dean Smith did Bill Guthridge. Yeah. No, you're right. The season, you can't do it in the middle of the season. I mean, that's crazy. I, you, I don't believe that that you didn't think this through in the beginning of the season. So. And also, you, know you don't you don't tap out on the kids. You start right. the season, you got to finish the season, unless yeah, it's I, medical. You know. Right. Exactly. Unless exactly it's medical, right. then you understand. Exactly right. So. So, so a couple other games, Ray, that, that are on the on the list. Now, look, Michigan State at North, against Northwestern is not that big for the number one team, but they're starting to get in, in the conferences and some conference play. But uh, Arizona, UNLV, should be very fun and entertaining. you got Cincinnati, VCU. I want your prediction, though, for Villanova, number 12, against the Virginia Cavaliers, number eight. What do you think is going to happen in that game? Because that's a battle. Yeah, so here's the problem with Virginia, if you're a Virginia fan. Every game is close, and close, every yeah. game you need to out-execute for the last eight to ten minutes. And if you go against a team that can score, it's very dangerous. And this notion of we're going to lock you down, I mean, in basketball especially, offense usually – takes care of defense, right? A great offensive player is not going to get shut down. Um, so I think that they play a dangerous style, Virginia, and that's why I don't know that that they can win they can win a title. So I'm going to say Villanova goes in there, and it's in Charlottesville, right? And I'm going to say even though it's in Charlottesville, I'm going to say Villanova and Jay Wright put up too much offense, and they win a close game, and Virginia will take a couple of these tough losses because they can never pull away from you. Yeah, you know, I actually agree. And I think, to me, Villanova, it, it's speed, and they're a little bit more dynamic. Virginia did lose a couple guys to the pros. I mean, losing Justin Anderson, you know, they still have a couple of their other ballers. But I just think at the end of the day, Villanova's got, you know, he always recycles his talent. He's still got a bunch of players that were on the tournament team last year. So I, I think they're going to be good. I got one thing to make you smile. This is like an old school, you know, rivalry that people have been looking forward to. You have a couple games, Indiana against Notre Dame, but then you have 25 UConn against UMass. Remember when uh, we were looking for that oh, when UMass was uh, Ray Allen UMass had Marcus Camby. Camby, exactly. So that should be fun for fans to watch. Notre Dame. It's funny. Notre Dame, Indiana. Not too much hype. Both of those teams are a little. They're a little bit out of the top twenty-five right now and this year. But you know, normally that's a big-time matchup. It makes me think about David Rivers, Steve Alford days. You know, when you see Notre Dame, Indiana, it, that's you know. That's that's big time basketball, but then I want to ask you about this. There's another uh, top twenty five matchup. We almost forgot this one. Who are you taking against Butler against Purdue? No, that's a battle. Butler's seventeen. Purdue is what still top ten, I believe. Yeah, number nine. Yeah, number nine. You know seventeen what? against nine. This game is being played. Purdue's at home in, too. Well, but it's playing in Indianapolis. They're playing, oh yeah, so yeah, they're playing the will have fans too, yeah. On a neutral, yeah, on a neutral uh, field, I guess. Even though Butler, it's you know, it's, it's basically Butler's home turf. I like Purdue in this game. I think Purdue is sneaky good, and these guys mm-hmm. are a legitimate, legitimate Big Ten force. I mean, everybody's going to talk about Michigan State, but you know what? Maryland, but Purdue's for Purdue, real. Purdue, 
right, oh, I can't get my head around the fact that Maryland's in the in the Big Ten. Big Ten, I know. But yeah, know. Purdue, Purdue, Purdue—they're a really good team, and I think they take care of Butler. Yeah, I, I would agree. Now listen, we've got to be careful for Maryland. We're playing against Princeton, and you know how teams play against Princeton, man. They they start to run that offense. Now you know Northern Iowa. They took care of North Carolina this year, right? That, that big upset, no freight, no uh, page. But just watch them going up against Iowa State. I think that's another game to look for. Um, you know, that, that one could be interesting. And Creighton, Oklahoma could be interesting. Now, Creighton doesn't have Dougie McBuckets. But if you remember, he had some good players around him. And I think, you know, his dad's a pretty good coach. So you, you, you never know what Creighton could do. Yeah, let's to look at Texas at Stanford, right? Let's see if uh, Shaka Smart can oh, build yeah. on that Carolina win. Go to Maples and win against Stanford. Uh, you know, we we hope he builds that program. I mean, we, we like both of those guys, Shaka Smart, and uh, you know, on the football side, obviously, we got to see if if they keep uh, uh, their coach around, Charlie Strong. But uh, you know, Texas should be turning it around in football and Couple basketball. Couple minutes left. Couple minutes left. I want to ask you a football question. You know, so you had uh, your boyfriend of Browns, Pet Pettit, the coach. You know, say, oh, Russell Wilson's Pettin, not yeah. elite, top five. Yeah, Pettin. But right now, I mean, if if we were going by, I guess this season, week fifteen, what's been played on the field? What what is it? Who 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 are the top five? Is it Brady, Cam, Palmer? Big Ben. I think and those Russell? are the. I think those are. The I, I really think those are the three for sure. So you put those three aside. Okay. Because Robert and then well, Ben and Russell been in and out right of the lineup. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson played terribly for the first five or six games, right? Right, he and that knew. was offensive line, a lot of it, and, and was, trying to force feed Jimmy Graham. But when you go back-to-back even... back weeks with five touchdowns, though, right? No, no, of course, of course, and, and, and he deserves all the accolades. But if you look at the whole season, you got to right. think that Andy Dalton's had a better season than he has, right? Been, been more consistent. Uh, um, Aaron, uh, your boy Aaron Rodgers, of course, is always in the discussion. you got to think Blake mm-hmm. Bortles. So all of these guys, even David Carr to some degrees cooled off a little bit, but but to some degrees had a more consistent you know, yeah, uh, season than Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson last five games has been gangbusters, and I'm not taking anything from him. And and he's yeah. the guy. You know, he may find his way into the Super Bowl again. But I got to very say that, that possible. I got to give those other guys for 13 weeks, 14 weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. They've they've done it consistently, and Russell's only done it the second half of the season. Okay, I you know I I can buy that for a dollar. I I just think that right now, I think it's hard to say he's elite when you've only played three years in the league, number one. But if this kid gets to a third Super Bowl in a row, or even if he gets to just the NFC Championship from the wild card spot, and he's doing it without. Well, that's you know, the key. Maybe right Lynch there. gets that's back. The out there. But no, but he without, did it basically yeah. this season without Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch did nothing this season. And your man yeah. Lou Rawls, his step cousin, was good and then got hurt. Yeah. And Thomas, then Jimmy yeah. Graham got hurt. And so this is really the year that if Russell Wilson. It's been him and Doug Baldwin. I mean, you know, he's made Doug look Dougie like a pro. Fresh. Doug could go to the Pro Bowl. Quiet as cap. Your boy Doug needs to get an invite to the Pro Bowl. Uh, he's close. He's close. He's borderline because you got to figure, you know, even on those good teams, Carolina has nobody. Green Bay has nobody. You know, so, so even some of those elite, you know, NFC teams. That, that right. I mean, to me, the NF- NFC receivers, Julio Jones. Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham. Yeah. I mean, other than that. Maybe Mike Evans. Also inconsistent. I mean, a couple of great games and a couple of duds in there. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Jordan Reed, you, you got to put in as a tight end, and Olsen, you know, the two tight ends look pretty look pretty solid. Um, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey missed first five weeks or so, so even though he's he's had a good second half, he hasn't been there consistently. It's kind of open, man. 
Yeah, know, for, for, for your consideration. Doug Baldwin yeah, is for imagine. your consideration. Wow. Doug Could you imagine that? Rush. <laughs> uh, listen, great show. We will be back with you rocking on Monday. Man, this is going to be a fun week. And listen, the playoff picture, we, we will, it will be a lot clearer. Or maybe it might be more muddled, uh, so we don't know. We'll see. But any, no matter what, great game tonight. They're not mathematically eliminated, but, you know, basically these teams are out, so they're playing for pride and, you know, offensive rookie of the year, Gurley and Winston. And then Saturday, the Jets. And then Sunday, all the great games. So thanks for listening. And uh, we had a, a great show with Anthony, and have a great sports weekend. For sure. Have a great sports week. We'll see you on the flip side. See you on Monday. Peace.